45-Hour Post-Education for Florida Real Estate Sales Associates by Edward J. O'Donnell. Follow the legislative mandate to increase professionalism of licensees. If you think that a textbook will help you, you have two choices, a physical textbook or an ebook. Just click on the link below to purchase. At the beginning of each section is an introductory paragraph designed to set the tone for the units. In that section, a second paragraph given the reason for focus of the subject area described. The sections comprise 14 units. Each unit in the manual is divided into the following parts. Unit material, key term practices, and answers to the discussion exercises. Each unit overview offers a summary of the subject area covered. Each unit in the textbook lists learning objectives. Key term list is a teaching vehicle at the beginning of the unit rather than alert you at the beginning of the unit. Only the important terms used in each unit are listed. Many key terms from FREC Course 1 for Sales Associate are used in the unit but are not identified as such in the textbook. This post-licensing course is a follow-up course building on your knowledge learned and experience gained rather than repeating Course 1 material. Each unit in this manual contains a fill-in-the-blank quiz using some key terms shown in the unit. Near the end of each unit in the textbook is a short synopsis of the major points. Practice exam multiple-choice questions follow each unit and are similar to those found in the practice final exam and on the end of course exam. The answers to the quizzes <clears throat> are at the end of each unit in this manual and in the answer key in the back of the manual. If you think that a textbook would help you, you again have two choices. You can purchase a physical textbook or you can purchase the ebook. Just click on your choice to purchase. A glossary of key terms is included to help students increase their real estate vocabulary. Section one, laying the foundation for a successful career. Unit one talks about legal issues and risk management. Unit two, fair housing and the American with Disabilities Act. Unit three, business planning and time management. Section two, obtaining listings that sell. Unit four, up prospecting for listings. Unit five, pricing the property to sell. Unit six, making the listing presentation. Unit seven, listing contracts. Section three, selling real property. Unit eight, working with buyers. Unit nine, sales and option contracts. Unit 10, writing and presenting the offer. Section four, financing and closing real estate transactions. Unit 11, exploring mortgage alternatives. Unit 12, acquiring financing for property. And unit 13, closing the transaction. Section five, analyzing and managing investment properties. Unit 14, analyzing and managing investment properties and your practice exam answer and rationale. Final word, many students have a negative view of the post-licensing only because the attendance is mandatory. This is an excellent opportunity for you to gain from the educational experience. I will do all I can to help you become more comfortable and competent in your real estate activities. I want you to know the rewards you'll receive in the business from studying each area being presented and discussed. I will throughout the course be making and keeping the learning alive. Examples from my professional experiences to make teaching points. If you think that a textbook will help you, you have two choices, a physical book, or again, you can purchase the ebook. That's your choice to purchase. Your guide, Vinny DeRosa, Florida real estate licensed instructor since 1980. Part of Florida Real Estate University.
45-hour post-licensing education for real estate sales associated by Edward J. O'Donnell, provided by Dearborn Real Estate Education. Unit number four, prospecting for listings. Well, everyone has a sphere of influence. And there are some points of your sphere. You have a farm area. What's a farm area? Well, a farm area is an area that you're familiar with. Uh, it may be your neighborhood, the surrounding neighborhoods, uh, close to where you live or where your office is located. And why is it called a farm? Well, you know everything within that geographical area. You know where the schools, the churches, the shopping, commuting times. So it's better to work in a farm area that you're familiar with than to try to go across town because the prices are higher there and you don't know anything about that area. So farming, and we'll talk a little bit about more about that. Canvassing, um, there's a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, some people do mailing, some people do email, some do promotional types of things. Uh, you can canvass uh, by doing little seminars. I mean, that's, that's another choice. FISBO, for sale by owner, you know, or for rent by owner. Those are the couple of others that you can uh, look at. For sale by owners, obviously, they got to sign out front. Uh, they may have had a good, good, res I mean, a good response with people walking in, but got frustrated and now want a professional to help them market and sell their property. You might hit it at the right time or they'll say, no, thank you. Um, I, you know, for rent by owner, it may be that the person has been renting the property and maybe they're in the mood now to sell it. They've gotten tired of dealing with tenants, you know, or they may be a potential buyer. They say, look, you know, I'm looking to buy some other stuff. So don't, don't pull, you know, exclude them from your, your daily routine. And again, it's, it goes back to the previous chapter with time management. You know, you can't do everything. Uh, you can do a, a target market. And I think farming and back in my early days, I was part of a national franchise and that was the, the big push was to do farming. You know, you, you know, the area, you know, the schools, you know, the, the commute times, you know, you know, all the things about your area. And then you start doing the canvassing and start doing the open houses and stuff like that. And then the FISBO sees you at that open house and they come over and ask you some questions. And before you know, it, you may have a listing presentation expired. A couple of reasons why people expire out. Uh, either the property was just over, overpriced, or the sellers just weren't ready and motivated at the time, you know, when it was listed and expired out and then the agent got, gave up on it. So those are a few of your choices. And the other sphere of influence is just, you know, letting people know that you do have the ability to help them market. And please don't use the phrase, I'm new in the real estate business. You want to turn somebody off real quick, that'll do it. Uh, I've had more people say that to me. And I said, look, you have knowledge of other professions. You've worked in some other business. So you're not, you're new as a licensee, but everyone at some point has been involved with real estate to some degree. So you're not new in the real estate process. You're new as a new licensee. So don't shoot yourself in the foot. Don't work to get the listing if the seller's not motivated. Uh, wants to break the law by discriminating. Oh, yeah. Being rude or demanding. Yeah. And, and, I mean, you can tell if they're motivated or not. 
especially if you've been doing a farm of that area and you see they put the sign up occasionally and put it down, they're just fishing. Uh, you know, why waste your time? Or they may say something to you and you go in and, and you're trying to get the listing and, and they make comments to you and you're, you're, you, if the hair stands up on the back of your neck and you don't feel comfortable, uh, just, just politely say thank you for your time. I'll keep you in mind and goodbye. Or if they're rude or demanding, they say, well, our at last agent, and they, they start rattling off a list of, of things that they were not happy with, guess what? They're probably not going to be happy with you either. So, you know, don't work too hard to get that. The listings outside your market, again, you know, it, it may be greener pastures, you know, 6, 10, 20 miles away, but it may not be the, 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 the right market because you don't know enough about it. So, you know, don't get enthralled with the higher price listings, you know, that are across town when you could be farming your area. Again, price range too. You know, you may have a, a area of expertise and you like certain price range homes. Um, I, I, I don't pigeonhole particular buyers. You know, I, I work a little bit differently than most brokers, so I, I won't get into that. Uh, or properties that are in such poor condition you hesitate to show them. I, I, I don't know. I'll show anything. Uh, I let the buyer evaluate whether or not it's in, in a condition that they're not interested in. So again, you know, you don't work to get the listing if, if the seller is just really obnoxious or the property is just so out of touch. What are your spheres of influencing? Well, close friends, family. <sighs> family is the toughest. And some of you probably have run into it. And... I, I've done that over the years, and sometimes I've regretted it. That's just a personal thing. Friends, friends are friends. I, I personally, again, I don't mind giving him counsel and advice and maybe some guidance, but it, it could get sticky. But again, it's a choice. It's part of your sphere. Friends and past customers, uh, yeah, make a list to call them and ask for business. I mean, if they, if they bought a home from you and it's been six months, nine months, and you've kept, you know, in touch with them periodically, and they say, hey, my Aunt Betty's coming to town. You think you can help them? Sure. Or ask for business. Hey, I see your company's expanding. You know, can I, can I help with some of your coworkers that may be coming in? Sure. Or did you come from or still working for a company and you're working your way to becoming you know, a professional agent full-time. Uh, it may be an opportunity to deal with some of your current and former workers uh, to, to say, hey, look, you know, I'm making this transition. And if you have anybody who's thinking about buying or selling or renting, you know, I'd, I'd love you if it's the opportunity to, to uh, work with them. Expired listings. Um, because of market conditions or property, it's not unusual because it's overpriced. We said that a little bit before. It could have been an overpriced listing, you know, or it may have been one of those properties that just didn't fit the neighborhood really well. It, it was the albatross or the oddball. And then trying to find that person who really likes that strange house. And I've had that happen a couple of times with clients where we went into a neighborhood and this was one of the only houses that really stood out from the rest and I had a client 
who expressed interest in purchasing it. And I explained to him what it was and what the the issues were going to be when he got ready to, to sell it. And he knew that going in that it was going to be a problem. But we addressed it accordingly in the pricing. So we purchased it at a reasonably fair price. Finding expireds, they're in the MLS. You have access to that information, you know, and that's all dailies that come out printed. You can prospect by doing direct mail. That was the old way of doing things. Uh, you know, before we had the internet, before we had email, before we had all this other stuff. Uh, you know, direct mail, you and I all know we get direct mailings in the mail from all kinds of different vendors. And what do we do? We look at it and say, oh, this is the third or fourth one. It gets thrown in the trash. Telephone, well, you got to check the do not call list first. And 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 again, um, that's another toughie. Visiting, most effective, but it's time-consuming. Yeah, I think by visiting, the best ones to visit are the for sale by owners. Just stop in and say hello, and don't make a sales pitch. Just go in and say, hey, I'm gathering information about the area. I'm farming my area. And this is how you, you build that rapport. You're not trying to get a listing on the first contact. If you're doing that, then you're reading too many of those sales programs. You start farming. And you start out with maybe a couple of hundred homes, <clears throat> maybe up to 1,000 at some point because of technology. You can do all of that. And you decide that, you know, maybe this is a good area because of the price range, the turnover in that area. Property values have been going up. And really, there's not anybody else farming it. But you know what? That makes no difference. There could be a dozen real estate agents farming an area. Doesn't mean they're actually working it or spending time doing the open houses or doing area overviews and going through and, and, and becoming familiar with themselves with all the properties so that when someone comes in to talk to them, they can say, you know, I remember that street and that house. And there's two others down the road from there. So becoming familiar with your farm. High turnover is an index that it's a good, it's a good indicator that it's a really good neighborhood. So you divide the number of sales by the number of homes, and it says, okay, you got a fifty percent turnover, or a ten percent turnover, or a five percent turnover. So again, it's statistical. It's doing your homework, investing your time and energy in an area that's making sales. There's no use in going in and 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 spending time for signage and putting it in the MLS and advertising in the newspapers or the publications out there, and there's no activity. It's just an area that right now is just not selling. For sale by owner, there's a couple of ways. Again, direct mail, eh, low reward for that. You don't really get to get a lot of it. Telephone calling, if they see your number, they're probably going to block you. Again, visiting, doing your farming, going and visiting the for sale by owner letting them know that you're in the neighborhood and that you're just gathering data. And if a potential buyer comes by, would they be interested in you bringing an offer to them? And again, <clears throat> excuse me, not trying to make a sale, trying to establish some rapport up front. For rent by owner, well, there's a potential for a listing there. There's a potential for a buyer there. There's a potential for property management there. So you've got multiple ways that you can deal with that for rent by owner. You know, they may have been at their short end where they go, you know, I'm tired of trying to rent this thing. I want to list it for sale. I'm just, you know, I'm done. You're the first person that came in here and talked to me and I want to give you a listing. Or they say to you, 
man, I really want to find some other investments. Okay, what are your parameters? I can help you buy something. That's great. Or they say, you know, we're, we're getting ready to leave the area and we may want a management opportunity. Well, if your company has property management in its portfolio, it's an opportunity maybe for not you to manage it, but to turn it over to your company's management company and get a little residual income off of it. So don't be hesitant to think outside the box on those particular types of opportunities. They talk about power prospecting, the key, three key prospecting success. Numbers, consistency, and organization. Yeah, and in any profession, it all is numbers. It's always consistency and having some kind of an organization. It reduces wasting hours. Uh, you work out of, out of the office and you go out and meet people. If you're not meeting somebody new every day or engaging with someone, when I go out to dinner and I'm sitting, and I usually sit at the bar instead of at a table. And even when I take someone out to dinner with me, we sit up at the bar for two reasons. We got two new people we can talk to, to the left of us and the right of us. And usually turns into a conversation of, what do you do? Case in point, a couple of weeks ago, barbecue place that just opened up in our, in our community. We went in, had dinner, we sat at the bar. To the left of me was a couple who had just gotten in the real estate profession. And guess what they needed? This class, the 45-hour post-licensing. I was able to talk to them about my education, my classes. So, and, 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 and another time, my partner at dinner, she started talking to a couple and they were looking to list their home. So again, you need to kind of not cocoon yourself when you go out. You got to go out and meet people. Networking groups are a good place to do that. So again, marketing context, it's numbers. You know, you know, be consistent, same time every day. If you're going to do something on a regular basis, some real estate people do that. They have a regular routine. Um, you know, and they say, call it the best time of your day. I don't know when that is. Make the first call. That's always the toughest. Don't leave messages. I don't know. I, I usually will leave a message and say, look, I, I'm just returning your call or I'm following up on a conversation. Uh, you know, again, it's it's your personal style on how you make contact. And the goal is to make an appointment, sure. You know, and I, I try to do that on the on the on the second or third go around as soon as I can analyze whether or not I can be of service to them. If if I can't really help them on the first go around, I'll politely say, you know, what you've asked or some of the things you've indicated, I, I, I can't be a service for you right at this moment in time because what you're asking is just not doable. Or I'll keep it in mind, and if something comes up, I'll contact you. Again, these are all ways to make contact. And again, some of you have other professions you're coming from into the real estate profession that you can take those skills and translate them back in. All right, social media. Yeah, it's where it's going. Like I said, faxing, gone. Phone calling, gone. Mail, gone. Social media, yeah. Establishing your own website. WordPress makes it easy. Yeah, my real estate school, FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com, was built on a WordPress site. You got to have a site. And your offices, some of your offices have a site, and then they have sister sites off of that site. 
Uh, you need to have a website where people can gather information. Blogging, yeah, it attracts buyers and sellers. You've got to use a hook in your title. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm not a great blogger. I'm a better talker than I am a blogger. Some people love to write, uh, but blogging, you know, putting little tidbits out there, secret of the week, uh, sensory deals. I mean, whatever it is, some people love to do the blogging. And again, it, it's it's your comfort level. They talk about microblogging Twitter. I haven't seen really a benefit at Twitter yet, personally. Social media, yeah, Facebook, Google, YouTube, those are the biggies. Um, and and I, I feel that you don't want to become so obnoxious on Facebook where people just get turned off by you because you're always posting something about real estate. You know, post personal stuff. And I do more personal than I do real estate related stuff uh, on Facebook specifically. A lot of that. Uh, I, I'm a I'm a, a bacon connoisseur. I love bacon. So I become the bacon guy on Facebook. And I've got about 5,000 friends on Facebook and I don't know how many followers. And who, whenever they see something about bacon, they send it to me. Hey, Vin, there's something about bacon. Did you know about that? Um, I'll give you a short case and study of, of how Facebook works. Uh, Daytona Beach, gosh, months ago, uh, we were over there for the evening, a couple of days. And we went to a restaurant on the beach. And they had a bacon sandwich. It was a pound of bacon. I ordered it. It came out, and it was humongous. So I took a picture of it, posted it on Facebook. You know, hey, this is Vinnie DeRosa. Uh, I'm in Daytona, and this is my appetizer for dinner tonight. And lo and behold, before dinner was over, the manager came over to me and says, is your name Vinny? Yeah. There's someone who just called us who just paid for your bacon dinner, and he said he was one of your former students. I went, really? So that was bugging me to figure out who it was. I did find out, I figured it out who it was after a while who it was, but that's the power of Facebook. And again, don't always go on there and try to blast real estate. Do fun stuff. Let them know that you're a human being, that you do fun stuff. And again, YouTube. I, I'm not crazy about the videos, I like the verbal, and this podcast is part of the Cousin Vinny Network. And you'll hear a blurb about it at the end in each of these segments. There's a little blurb about it. I use it as a medium of communication. Why? People will listen. They're in their cars uh, or they've got their iPod on and they're listening to, to podcasts. So each of my courses are now being interpreted or re rebroadcast into a podcast. Not the entire course, but an outline just like I'm doing here. So that I can give you some heads up so that when you're going into that particular course, you'll at least have a little bit of knowledge of what you're about to hear or see or read. So, again, that was Unit 4, Prospecting for Listings. A little bit of marketing in there. And uh, we're going to see you in Unit number 5. Hi, this is Cousin Vinny. Our sponsor, FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com, meets state-mandated Florida real estate education offering pre-licensed, post-licensing, and continuing education courses so you can learn it from the comfort of your home or on the road. Visit our sponsor, FloridaRealEstateUniversity.com. Please take time to visit our sponsors at CousinVinnyNetwork.com. Without them, this network would not be possible. That's C-U-Z-I-N, 
V-I-N-N-I-E Network.